1: From the Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, John Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Uh, how is cycling fitting for you?
0: Um, It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm doing some good rides with some good people. Uh, I'm having a ton of fun. I'm ready for the heat and humidity to break. I'm ready for a little bit of autumnal Mm. uh uh bicycle riding although i i remember uh that that comes with a lot of leaves on the ground
1: yeah leaves make things interesting
0: (laughs) (laughs) they sure do here in new england where there's all kind all manner of loose rock and I was thinking of them as sharks swimming just below the surface.
1: <laughs> I never knew what a problem that leaves could pose until there were enough of them stacked up on top of each other that my bike tires slid. Uh, just taking the top layer with them and leaving the others intact. That was um, that w- a teachable moment is what that was.
0: Yeah, it's not quite riding on ice but it's not quite not riding on us.
1: <laughs> yes. That, that is abundantly true. Yeah.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. But I like it anyway because it's much less sweaty.
1: Mm, yeah. Uh, I'm about to head back to Memphis for my uh, high school reunion. I'm not saying which one, um, but uh, uh, it looks like Memphis will actually be more pleasant than Santa Rosa this weekend. Yeah. Uh this is my not gloating face.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let the record show. <laughs> Patrick made a
1: funny face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we've got a fun show ahead of us today, don't we?
0: We do. Today, um, we're talking about whether cycling is a sport or not. Courtesy of a, a setup from our shadow producer, John in Michigan.
1: Um uh, yeah i i'm this we're going to have some fun yeah yeah let me
0: let me let me set it up so uh john uh, wrote uh and uh i've i've condensed it a little bit but he basically says he's cycling a sport well sure pro cycling is a sport masters who pay money to race against other masters and listen to ask a cycling coach podcast are doing a sport <laughs> But is a bunch of dudes like us riding our bikes around the roads or trails a sport. Are we sporty? He says, I've had cycling or better my bike life in a sport training box, but I'm breaking the box. I have been challenging myself to do car replacement cycling. I don't wear a special costume. I wear a cotton T-shirt and gym shorts. I have a rack and pannier on the bike and I'm not racing anyone. That's not very sporty. Maybe those of us who want to make the cycling tent even bigger should default to the bike instead of the car as we talk about cycling. Default to describing cycling as a healthy lifestyle rather than what those skeletal chaps in Europe who get massages every day and can't even carry their own luggage do. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure out how to carry two by fours and plywood on my bike so I don't need to buy a truck. Mm-hmm. So anyway, John concludes, maybe you can think about how we should talk about cycling. Maybe de-emphasize the sport part and upvote the life part.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue. Mm-hmm. So what you and I have agreed
0: to do today, rather than give one definitive answer to this question is to debate it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm here to represent the sports side of the debate mm-hmm. because I hear absolutely what John is saying. And maybe he's right that this whole endeavor would be more inclusive if it weren't perceived as a sport. I have a lot of time for that sort of discussion, but as a devil's advocate, <laughs> Uh, eternally, uh, what I think is that we need actually need to lower the bar for terms like sport and athlete. Hmm. So this came up a year or two back in the context of the fitness group I run, Suffer Club. Uh-huh. Uh, I asked someone how they felt about themselves as an athlete, and they quickly replied that they were not, very definitively not. An athlete. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, this is a person who I'd seen do all manner of physical exercise over a period of years. Mm-hmm. I'd run races with them, and I was aware of a bunch of other, what I would term, quote, athletic activities they were involved in. What I came to learn after hearing this person out and talking to a few others in that group uh, is that they had never felt athletic as kids. And as a result, they had a negative association with sports and sportiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter what they were doing as adults. Yep. And this might be my uh, natural inclination to push on every rope I can find. Uh, But I'd like I'd like more people to feel and embrace their athleticism. I'd like them to feel as though sports are for them. In fact, I'd rather they associate sports and athleticism with a lifestyle than a career.
1: hmm.
0: Pro sports is entertainment. Amateur sports is a lifestyle. And that lifestyle might include sporty grocery shopping <laughs> done by athletes of every stripe who haul milk and pasta and fruits and vegetables up hills because they are legit athletes. So I guess what I'm saying is that rather than broadening the definition of cycling to be a sport and a lifestyle and all the other things it can be, because it can be a lot of stuff, I'd rather we expand our definitions of ourselves to honor and celebrate our physical capabilities. This isn't what John asked me to do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a viewpoint I genuinely hold, although really I'm not gonna die on that hill. If more people come into cycling by desportsifying it, I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. Um but I know a lot of people who don't have quote athletic builds or don't wear athletic costumes who are very physically capable. And put out the kind of work that I would say is athletic and qualifies as sport, sporty sports. It's I just think I just think we're letting um, we're letting the wrong people define what the thing is.
1: So that whole thing where I'm supposed to debate you. Yes. Uh, uh, it's not really going to work out. Um <laughs> Because I see your point. Um, I'm not going to even give any blood on that hill, but uh, I don't disagree with you. I'm one of those people who never called myself an athlete until after loads of other people had called me athlete. And it seemed just sort of coy to avoid uh, any discussion that way going forward i you know i yeah i was definitely not the athletic kid um you know i yeah stick and ball sports not my thing and so i didn't think of myself you know in that in that way as an athlete um And I do think that there's something to be said for broadening how we define it, Um, that it shouldn't be quite so, dare I say, elitist a term. Mm, Right. Um, Also, I like this approach uh, because it does something to celebrate people and their efforts. Um, You know, it goes back to the tagline for the site, The Cycling Independent. If you ride bikes, you're one of us. The, the whole reason behind starting the Cycling Independent was to write about cycling in a broader sense, to be more inviting to more different people. RKP was pretty specifically a roadie site, and I was feeling hemmed in by that increasingly. Uh, I wanted to write about mountain bikes more. I wanted to write to people who'd never done a group ride, Um, you know? And so uh, anybody who rides a bike more than once a week, I don't know. Is that our bar? Are they now athletes? I, I can roll with that. Sure. You know, Um, I, I don't, I don't know how far to, uh, to redefine the threshold for that but i think we have we have set the bar too high the threshold is is much too high for what we consider an athlete i agree this Good. is a lousy debate
0: podcast is over <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 yeah weren't we supposed to represent like a diversity of viewpoints here Yes,
0: but I think you're going to you're we're going to come back. We're going to take a break shortly here and we're going to come back to your poll, which is going to disagree with me in some ways.
1: Mm, It's just it's going to walk out a different door. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's let's
0: find out what that is.
1: Yeah. Okay. so we're going to take a break and we will be back in a minute.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Shimano, um, uh, this is a recurring theme with me, but, uh, when when Shimano put out their GRX component group, their gravel specific componentry, my first uh, reaction was really we need a we need a gravel specific uh, component group. Um, but you know, as is always the case in my history, I ended up uh, getting some, uh, putting it on my bike. I have a GRX Di2 one by setup on my uh, gravel bike, which is my go to my do everything bike, and I love it. So much. I love it so much. It's not a road group and it's not a mountain group, but it does exactly what I wanted to do out on the trail, uh, in a way that I didn't, I didn't imagine or could have conceived of before it came out. So there you go. Innovation from a company that doesn't probably have to innovate, uh, but does and keeps after it. And so we're proud to have them as sponsors of the podcast. Okay, we're back with The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Time for you to pull on this particular topic.
1: <laughs> so years ago, back in the cable access show days, a friend of mine and I used a kid that we wanted to do a debate show called Sport or Not. Now, today, that would just be a podcast. And and maybe it's still a podcast I ought to do. Uh I don't know where I'd find the time. Uh, 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 never mind. So the idea was that we would argue about whether golf was a sport or not. If bowling was a sport or not. If cycling was a sport. The one problem that he and I recognized was that even though he liked stick and ball sports way more than I do, we essentially agreed on everything. You know, we we consider bowling a game. You know, the the threshold for being able to be good at bowling, you can eat anything you want, anytime you want, and it's not going to affect your bowling game, I don't think.
0: I think there's some pro bowlers who would disagree, but we're not here to talk about bowling, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: Anyway, here's the thing that I see about calling cycling a sport. It misses most of what cycling is. If we're going to engage in language where we use a term and everybody knows what we mean, I'm going to push in the direction away from sport, um, you know, and trying to make a, a Venn diagram of what most of cycling is would be pretty terrible, terrible because it exists outside of sport, you know. This goes back to our previous conversations. That is your and my previous conversations about how cycling is not one hobby. It's at least four or five. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. When you look at how many bikes there are in the U S alone, it becomes apparent that cycling in terms of how most people do it is a recreation. Uh, Fewer than 1% of everyone, whoever buys a bike uh, as an adult, will ever race that bike so uh, trying to trying to open up I guess this is the debate now, huh uh that's right, trying to open up the term sport to embrace a hundred percent of cyclists as opposed to one percent that might be an uphill battle um that's that that doesn't seem to be a linear effort. <laughs> Uh, I logarithmic is the term that comes to mind, you know, cycling differs from most quote unquote sports in a variety of ways, not least of which is the point of a bike isn't sport. Okay. A bike is meant to take human energy and multiply it to make going places, uh, easier to go places more quickly. Okay. That's what the bike was meant to do. Yep. Transportation. And we took transportation and turned it into a sport. We turned it into a good time. Uh, That's cool. And that's awesome. And it's something well worth celebrating, but it doesn't limit what the bike is. Okay. Let's turn this rim. What's the point of a basketball? Of a football? They exist only because of the sport. And the funny thing is, with a football, if you have two people, you're just passing a football back and forth or somebody's trying to outrun somebody else. It's not really a whole game. You can get two people together on bicycles and sooner or later they're going to race each other. It's that's sort of inevitable. And so there's a an inherent sportiness to bicycles. I, I am I am freelancing here and I'm starting to make your argument for you. Um. <laughs> let me add, let me let me make two points before you
0: go on. Okay. Uh, the first the first point is our feet were meant to carry us around, but if you go a little bit faster, oh, you're doing a sport. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is, if I need to go to the grocery store to pick up pick something up, and I take a basketball with me and I dribble all the way there, am I doing a sport or am I? doing what am i doing
1: uh you're the guy that all the kids in the cars passing you are pointing at
0: fair enough all right you go on with your point <laughs>
1: <laughs> but okay so back to my contention you could end all bike racing tomorrow and the only societies that would notice would be european this is pure conjecture but i'm willing it's to an wait.
0: exaggeration but i take your point
1: yeah uh Back in the late 1980s, I I dated a woman for a while who referred to me as the cyclist. She told her Mm. friends about the cyclist and her step-parents about the cyclist. It bugged me then because I thought music defined my identity. Um, She was calling me by the wrong identity. I was a drummer. (laughs) At some point, I began calling myself a cyclist. And for many years, truly... It defined my life as much as being a writer did. Um, I no longer refer to myself as a cyclist, though. And here's why. For non-cyclists, people who call themselves cyclists are often seen as being, back to the term athlete, rather elitist, snobby, uptight maybe. I love bikes, but I really try not to be a jerk. Uh, and in my case, it's a fair amount of work. It keeps me busy. Yeah. Um, there's another word I wanted to use here, but this is a family show. So, sure. uh, I like bikes. I like all the things that bikes can do. I like running errands on bike. I on bikes. I like going fast on road bikes. Uh, tearing down single track on a mountain bike is absolutely one of the best things ever. Have you ever taken a bike to a skate park? Yes. Oh, I don't do that nearly (laughs) enough. That is such a good time. Uh, And then there's, you know, going for an easy spin with my boys. Also, one of the best things ever. Here's my bottom line. Cycling is too expansive to be called any one thing. It's not just a hobby. It's not just a sport. It's not just a recreation. It's not just transportation. And anything that open ended, my opinion here, anything that adaptable is like life itself. And that's it for me. Cycling is life. Cycling inhabits most corners of my life, and I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Yeah, Uh, I buy all that. Uh, From the moment I read John's email to me, I was like, damn it, he's right uh you know though uh (sighs) riding bikes is riding bikes Mm. riding bikes is riding bikes uh there's a sense really where it's not even a lifestyle Mm. it's not a lifestyle i mean there's a plenty of people who hang a hybrid in their garage and it gathers dust and they ride it twice a year they have fun both times (laughs) but it's not part of their life it's not part, part of their lifestyle no um Equally, You know, when I my kids were in elementary school, we live we live about 200 yards from the school, not even that far. Uh, And the school is on the top of this very steep hill. And this uh, woman would come up the hill uh, on a cargo bike with her kids on the back. And it was E-assist bike, a steep hill. And even though it was E-assist, I was like, that woman is a serious athlete. Uh-huh she is athletically bringing those kids to school, so i mean i think I think ah John is right, like uh, I don't know why uh the terms have taken on the connotations that they i mean I have some idea why the terms have taken on the <laughs> connotation that they have but as a as a person who really likes words, I'm inclined to take the word back mm-hmm.
1: rather than contort myself um yeah, I totally believe in reclaiming words. I'm all for that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, is cycling a sport? Sure. It's uh, for me. For me, it's a sport, and it doesn't matter if I'm going to pick up a prescription uh, or whatever. But if people like, you know, they're a lifestyle cyclist, yeah, you should be a lifestyle cyclist. I'm a lifestyle cyclist too, and it's I don't know, both maybe both and. Mm-hmm. Either or both and uh, both and both yeah. and. But let me let me actually back up two steps and say uh, if John is trying to replace car trips and is trying to figure out how to haul two by fours on his bike, I'm just <laughs> I'm just going to give him a little applause. Yeah, because yeah. that's uh, I aspire to be that sort of bike rider. Um. Mm -hmm. I aspire to be the person who thinks of a trip and defaults to bike rather than replacing the car with the bike. I'd rather start with – I would like to be in the mindset where I'm starting with the bike and saying, oh, no, I guess I have to take the car. Um, And if I'm honest, if I'm honest, that's not how I – that is not my mindset currently – I do start with, Oh, I have to leave for something. I'll get in the car. And then I have to say, wait a minute. Is this bikeable? So if we could just all cultivate that other mindset, that would be great. The,
1: The shift that I've managed to make. And here I'm confessing that I've made no, no further progress than this. But what I've managed to do is anytime I need to go out the door for some sort of errand, uh, The the first thing I do is, Alexa, what's the temperature? Oh no, it's sixty nine degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, that's enough. (laughs) Okay, so it's sixty nine degrees. That's the first thing I do. I find out what the temperature is. Oh, it's lovely outside. I could ride. Uh, next question. What is it I'm doing? Can I actually do that on the bike? Cause if I've got to do grocery shopping for three people, as opposed to just like tonight's meal, uh, yeah, you know, th- th- I get into things there. I have to start asking more questions, but, um, before I I'm ready to go to the door, I'm wondering which am I taking the cargo bike or <laughs> the, the almost cargo ish van. Um, you know uh and, and i have the added problem of like you know i recently bought a honda odyssey and um good lord that's a nice vehicle uh it's a lot of fun to drive
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> how are we talking about minivans all of a sudden yeah
1: yeah so uh it's not something an athlete would drive um <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't, well I don't know um well, I don't know, yeah, so at least, yeah, before I go out, I'm asking myself the question, you know what's what's the appropriate vehicle for this um yeah, and that's at least a change from where I was, which was grab the car keys and head for the door um i'm I'm stopping myself before that point
0: yeah i think i think to 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 get back to the sport or lifestyle question i would rather or i shouldn't say rather i would just as much like to see uh cyclists who think of it as a sport and only get on their bike in lycra to assimilate the bike into the other parts of their life to make it a real lifestyle and not Mm -hmm. just a sport Mm -hmm. i think that's Easily as important as uh, trying to convince people who just do errands and commute that mm-hmm. they're athletes. That's that's probably a. I would much rather convince the athletes that they should also be errands runners.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Oh, okay, this was completely unplanned, but I'm now going to come at this from a completely fresh direction. Oh, yeah. So uh, a few years back or mm, five years. Yeah, I think it was about five years ago. I wrote uh, a feature for Bicycling Magazine, The Science of We. And it was all about the neuroscience of flow states, uh, something that we like talking about here. One of the things that I uncovered as I was doing my research for that piece, something that nobody has written about anywhere else. And it's like, how am I the only one who sees this? So there was a study done on flow and they found that people uh, who are who are pursuing flow through uh, activity sports, uh, they are most likely to enter flow when they're at about 80 percent of their maximum heart rate. Okay. Um, now anybody who's read any amount of training advice, any of those books out there, Um, coaches generally want you to do to train in one of three zones they either want you doing easy easy aerobic miles or threshold workouts or absolute maximal workouts the the middle demilitarized zone of 80 percent of maximum heart rate is judged to be largely useless now the thinking's coming around on that some but the fact remains uh it's considered not particularly useful. Now, anybody who goes out and does uh, a quote-unquote hard ride or does you know your normal average group ride, you're just tearing up 80%. That's an awful lot of what people do when they go for a quote-unquote hard ride. And so rather than uh rather than calling it a sport or this or that or the other there's another way we can approach this and and that is to say it's a spiritual practice i talked uh-huh. yeah i talked to a neuroscientist after i found out about that study and i said you know is this saying what i think it's saying which is people are going out and riding 80% because that's how they they get their a daily dose of something that's better than Prozac, um, and he said, "Yeah, you how know, they
0: connect with the infinite." Uh,
1: there's that, but just like oh. what it what it what it does in terms of putting us all back on an even keel. Sure, you need to go take you need to go for a ride. <gasps> you know who <laughs> right. hasn't heard that? Um right. And so you know this idea that a lot of what cycling gives us is something that by and large we're not identifying and i right. i i think that we ought to do more to celebrate <clears throat> that uh to make that clear you know we go out we do a pretty hard ride we go 80 percent for two hours we come home we feel cleansed we feel awesome this ties in. I read another study
0: about, um, basically about uh, dopamine, um, and its wonderfulness. We, and its wonderfulness. Like everyone, we all we're all looking for dopamine all the time. And you can scroll through social media, mm-hmm. and you get, and a, a lot of the reason that is so um, apparently addictive is because there are little hits of dopamine, yeah. very little ones. Yep. Um, the problem is that it's low level uh, and once you stop doing it it goes away almost immediately there's not like any sort of um, tail end to it Right. you stop, it stops you feel like oh no I want that again and you do it
1: again there's no satiety
0: yes Um, the interesting thing about this study was that uh, it determined that Uh, we also get dopamine from a very hard physical effort, but that jolt of dopamine has a long tail on it. Yeah. So you can do the ride and as you're finishing the ride, your dopamine is ramping up, uh, and then it sort of plateaus and stays there sometimes for hours. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm.
0: um, And so that sort of ties in with that whole, like, uh, getting the thing that you need without realizing you're getting the thing that you need. And, you know, riding a bike being a more effective way of getting that thing that you're trying to get all the time. I'm trying to get it when I drink my third cup of coffee, uh... (laughs) A lot of people are trying to get it when they drink their third glass of wine. I'm being charitable by saying it's the third. Um, You know, it's like these things that we're all looking for in order to sustain ourselves. Um, The bike is one of the very best ways to get it.
1: Yeah, well, and then there's the fact that, you know, with flow, we're getting five different neurochemicals, not just dopamine. And the biggest piece of the afterglow that we get following flow comes from the serotonin, uh, which is why that's such a key part of so many antidepressants.
0: Absolutely. And you're right. The reason I brought up dopamine specifically is because uh, you may not reach a flow state Mm -hmm. every time you visit 80% of your max heart rate. Sure. But you will stimulate dopamine production. Every time. So you may not get the whole cocktail. Yep. And you definitely want the whole cocktail. Um, But even if you don't get that, and I, you know, I, I find, even though I, I've read a lot about flow and I understand what the ingredients are, I can't always just go out and get it. Nope. Nope. Right. Things have to come together.
1: Well, that's why flow hacking has become, you know, such a garden industry.
0: Yes. But I think, I think they are. You can create the circumstances that will give rise to it, but it doesn't just summon. I it, don't think it, there's a certain something in ineff- ineffable. There's a je ne sais quoi
1: there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't have a key to Nirvana. No. Um, yeah. So anyway, to bring this back around, you know, if we're going to go calling cycling something, Uh, I still don't know what one term encompasses it all, because if we go around saying life instead of cycling, people are going to think we're mad. Uh, But referring to cycling as uh, a spiritual practice, something that we do that helps to center us and makes us better human beings, well, makes me a better human being. um, You know, we don't do enough to celebrate that.
0: No, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. But I think if you start talking about you should do this because it's a spiritual practice. That's a great way to turn a bunch of people off. So,
1: yeah, well, yeah, that that brings up the whole thing of like most people don't know how to separate uh, the the concept of spiritual practice from religion. Sure. Um, We we often conflate those two things.
0: Sure. Maybe the thing to do is to call bike riding. Bike riding. It's a very Zen, right? When you're making a cup of tea, (laughs) you should only be making a cup of tea. When you're riding a bike, are you doing a sport or practicing spiritually or transporting or whatever? When you're riding your bike, you're riding your bike.
1: Well, there is the great Zen koan I ride my bike to ride my bike. Exactly. Don't make it more complicated than that. Yep. Which we, I think we've just done exactly that.
0: Yeah, we've done, we've spent half an hour almost uh, making it much more complicated.
1: Yeah, yes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, having not answered that question. Yes.
0: Thanks to John in Michigan uh, for teeing us up (laughs) for that boondoggle. (laughs) I hope, I hope we all got something out of it.
1: I, I'm, you know, I'm always up for this conversation for, for the yeah. discussion. Uh, anything that I can do that helps people to, uh, recast the position of cycling in their lives, I'm all for, for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 I, it deserves a prominent place in people's lives. Um, you know, n- not everybody's going to like it. That's fine. But for those who like it. Uh, one of my missions in life is to help legitimize why it feeds so much within them. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Let's go on to gear. Ah, pace line
0: picks. Um, all right. So I was having some hand pain on particularly difficult technical mountain bike rides. Mm hmm. Mainly, I think, from death gripping as I came into an obstacle and then having to muscle the front end around and then from landing the bike again after a drop or a jump or whatever the trail had just thrown at me.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So part of the problem is me uh, (laughs) because I need to just relax a little bit. But part of it is just things are hard and. You know. Things are hard. So I went to my like local, local bike shop anyway, um, which is Battle Road Bikes uh, down on Mass Ave, uh, looking for a more padded grip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had there the ODI F1 Dreadlock Mountain Bike Grips, <laughs> uh, which are Tinker is- Juarez's signature grip.
1: Uh, that is just such a wonderful name. Dreadlock. Two words. Um Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. It's a lock on grip. uh, As used by Tinker Juarez. Represented by a dreadlocked man. Um, I love Tinker. uh, So I went ahead. And if you don't know who Tinker is, I'm not going to go into a long explanation. But if you look him up, you will love him, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, So I went ahead and plopped down the 3550 retail and put those things on my bike. Mm hmm. Uh, they went on with the the twist of a single hex key, and in less than two minutes, I was shred ready. Uh, I was shreddy. Uh, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Sorry. Uh, very sorry about that last, that was really bad. Anyway, uh, cut to my very next ride and no hand pain. Hmm. I was slightly concerned that their smoother surface would compromise my grip once I was sweating. But nope. Hmm. Uh, The F1 dreadlocks are cushy without being squishy. Okay. Uh, They give you a little, uh, but they're not just a pair of rubbery tubes in your mitts either. Uh, There's a sweet spot that they hit. Um, There are some indentations on one side, the front side, where your fingers might naturally rest. Uh And the opposite side has a bit more padding, so they're a little asymmetrical and i have found them very acceptable so far um they come in six colors one is rasta of according course. to my nature i got the graphite because i like gray things and frankly i don't get our culture's preoccupation with pop rastafarianism <laughs> um most people don't even know uh much about rastafarianism uh I'm not judging it. It's another way people organize their lives, but I don't, we've somehow made it into some, like, cool fashion cartoon. Anyway, yes. that's me, though. Get whatever color you like. Get the Rasta if that lights you up. Uh, there's black. There's red. There's gray. Uh, I think there's a blue. They're nice.
1: Okay. So this is a round grip. It doesn't have, like, those little wings that come on some grips now?
0: That's correct. No wings.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that that's often referred to as the old man grip or whatever. Uh, I, I used to have those on my spicy curry and I used to have those on a previous mountain bike and I have recently concluded that I miss them and, uh, am planning to go buy a couple of sets like that. I really like so, the extra support.
0: So those grips are made, uh, the the brand that I know primarily is Ergon.
1: That's one of the brands specialized yes. has a version A version Uh, Uh, and the specialized version is honestly, it's very, very nice. Um, the way they've uh, designed it, it's even a little more cushy than some of the others. It has more give to it.
0: I see. There's not as
1: much material stuck out there. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the other alternatives though, is you could listen to 38 special. (sighs) Hold on loosely, but don't let go.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) You just
1: made a 38 special joke <laughs> I grew up
0: a, that you're just a uh, that's a that's a um, a target market destroyer right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll have you know that my orthopedist was also the orthopedist for the drummer. One of the two drummers of 38 special who broke his hand in a bar fight. And when they went to put on his cast, he said, well, you got to shape it so I can hold a drumstick. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yep. I wanted to say earlier when you told the story about your girlfriend calling you the cyclist instead of the drummer, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she was calling you by the wrong subcategory that nobody pays any attention to. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and then there
1: was the fact that, like, you know, I was so limiting myself by thinking, uh, you know, my identity is this one thing. Yes. <sighs> now I'm a person. Oh, yeah. That's I, it's a cool person is a good one. Yeah. 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 Alrighty. Uh, so I've got, uh, this week, another opening note before I get to my pick. Uh, this one is, well, we'll call it testimonial in nature. So after listening to last week's show, my girlfriend Jennifer said to me after sleeping in the big Agnes, uh, sleeping bag, uh, she said, it's, it's going to be hard to ever go back to her old backpacking sleeping bag. It's, it, it was, it was kind of a killer to the joy of that old sleeping bag. She oh. likes it that much.
0: Oh, yeah. Is it the bag or the companion?
1: Um, you know, I mean, I'm a modest sort, so I'm going to say it's the bag. It's the bag. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although she did note that the sleeping pad is a big part of the appeal. I see. <laughs> Yes.
0: Okay. So so your third place in that equation. I like it. <clears throat>
1: yeah. <laughs> I like yeah, it. Go on. <laughs> knocking myself a couple rungs down the the ladder with every new sentence. Um, yep. Every few years or so, I like to revisit Volet's Dry Tech short sleeve base layer. I've been wearing these things for years. Uh, some of them for, <clears throat> well, at least one of them is more than 10 years old. And it, it has fared awfully well. So this is a basic short sleeve crew neck base layer in white. There is nothing sexy about this, which is, in my opinion, what makes it so sexy. It wicks well on hot days and provides nice insulation on cooler ones. They are also durable as hell. Um, I haven't killed them in the laundry. Uh, I've also uh, crashed uh, while wearing one and not damage the base layer at all. Um, and yeah, I have yet to wear one out. Uh, I'll admit that they aren't crisp white anymore, but they're still white ish. Uh, but no one can tell when they're under a Jersey as it turns out. Sure. They come in five sizes and just a single color, um, crisp white. Uh, you know, all that is nice enough. Uh, Here's why I'm really recommending this. Their best feature is this. They are only $40. If you buy three, you get the third one for half off. Also, if you join their mailing lists, uh, it used to be that every fall they would run a half off deal. Um, In addition to the short sleeve, they also offer a sleeveless version, but I like the sleeves so that I can layer arm warmers uh, beneath the sleeves in order to prevent chilly shoulders on cold days.
0: Hmm. I yeah. don't believe I've ever had a chilly shoulder, but that's neither here nor there.
1: If you can get cold by some method, I've gotten cold by that method. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is, especially given how well insulated I am now. Uh <clears throat> Yeah, but uh, seriously, you know, I don't. It's one thing to get really worked up about super warm base layers, but for you know ninety percent of the writing that most of us do, base layers uh, yeah. don't need to be that uh, that complicated. Um,
0: yeah,
1: and you know if it does the job of wicking and it dries well enough you've covered all the bases. And if you can do that for 40 bucks, well, there you go.
0: Then that's what you should do. Uh,
1: It's what I do. Um, although I've got enough stuff in my drawers now that I haven't bought any new ones for a while. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That's a wrap on another episode of the pace line. Uh, it's labor day weekend, John, you got anything fun planned? Um, kids are back to school next week, so I'm
0: going to get sucked into the vortex of their back to school chaos, but I am going to try to get, I I discovered some really great trails a couple weeks ago. Going to try to get back up there for a few hours. Uh, That is my big plan. And then the week after that, I'm off to kingdom trails for a a long weekend of, you know, Mm -hmm. doing that thing.
1: Oh boy. I envy you that. Uh, I am taking a mountain bike with me, uh, to Memphis. Uh, there won't be much need for the rear suspension. Um, so maybe I'll just leave it in pro pedal. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, I plan on ripping around the trails that I've been riding on since 1988, 87, something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Very nice.
1: It, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and I should actually also be doing a bike ride with some of my high school classmates. If you can imagine that.
0: I, I actually can't imagine it, but I think that's cool.
1: Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, it it should be a fun time. Yeah. Uh, already before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for TCI's other podcast revolting, which is a cycling podcast that isn't really much about cycling. It will not often. Yeah. Uh, recent episode was awfully about cycling. The, yeah, the we do
0: It does come up. Yeah, it does come up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, John hosts that with Steve L. Knievel of all hail, the black market. Um, we're hoping you like it. And if you do, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and if we aren't listed in a place you like to get podcasts, please let us know where you'd like us to appear. Um, There are so many outlets. All right. Send us more questions or uh, initiate more debates, uh, whether they turn into debates or not. Uh, If you've got an idea, please drop by the Cycling Independent and put a suggestion in the comments. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Lewis. Thanks for listening to The Paceline.